This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Friday, January the 21st. And first today, there are calls for more police to patrol a park in Canterbury that while meant to be a tranquil city spot for families has become a crime hotspot at night. Dane John Gardens is on the south side of the city by the Ring Road and parts around it by the old city wall. In fact, googling the park will tell you that it dates back to 1551. It also includes a mound which you can climb and enjoy views over the city. However, over the past decade, its reputation has been tarnished with reports of antisocial behaviour and serious crime. In the most recent incident on New Year's Eve, a man was robbed of money by a group of up to 15 teenagers who confronted him and his friends. They threatened to assault the victim and forced him to hand over cash and his bank card. Well, Lib Dem councillor Nick Eden-Green is among those calling for more police to be around at night. He's been speaking to our reporter, Jamie. There have been issues with the lighting in the Dane John Gardens. Often lamps have not been lit or they've been broken and so on. Indeed, there was one that was broken for over two years, uh, which uh, I tried to get and finally succeeded in getting uh, sorted out. Uh, I think that uh, understandably and sadly, People, and particularly young women, often have some concerns about walking anywhere in the city. Um, And that is shocking that uh, they are forced into that problem. Uh, I certainly frequently do um, come home late at night because my only way home is through the Dane John Gardens. And I expect to come along a lit route uh, and actually have felt perfectly safe. And, you know, how can the issues be fixed? I know there are some calls for police patrols. How would that help? Well, I think that policing at night would be extremely helpful. Um, The main problems that uh, I uh, perceive in the Dane John are noise and occasional rowdyism uh, from the nightclub, as whether that develops into violence or not, I really don't know. Um, But that is certainly an issue uh, that needs to be addressed. Uh, and we do have uh, a number of um, the street homeless and uh, street drinkers who uh, uh, use the Dane John quite frequently. And sometimes, I understand, fights break out amongst them. Although, as I say, I haven't actually witnessed any myself. But these are problems faced, I think, by almost any city and any city centre, sadly, in society that we have today. And do you think that would be the the way to move forward then is to increase police presence in the gardens? Yes, I, I think we do need a greater police presence at night, both in the gardens and indeed elsewhere in the city. Um, the the police are, I see the police from time to time going through the Dane John, but it's always during the day uh, when there are plenty of people around. Well, Inspector Guy Thompson, who's from the Canterbury Community Safety Unit, has told us he understands concerns, but has also let the Kent Online podcast know that they're working with Canterbury City Council to improve CCTV coverage in the gardens. He adds town centre officers regularly patrol the area to check for antisocial behaviour and speak to anyone with concerns. The park's existing CCTV is monitored with 
we're told, 24 hours a day by the City Council and any criminal or antisocial behaviour is reported as a matter of course and every incident is fully investigated. Kent Online News. Five drug dealers who were involved in the supply of cocaine across Kent have been jailed for a total of more than 50 years. The men were part of an organised network of criminals who bought and sold Class A drugs while using an encrypted phone platform called EncroChat. It was infiltrated by police in France and the Netherlands back in 2020. Well, the men who are from Chatham, Tunbridge Wells, Pembry and Essex have been sentenced to between six and 13 and a half years. You can see their pictures and video of the moment police searched an address and at Kent Online. A Rochester man who stabbed himself in the chest in a bid to get his former partner arrested has been jailed for three years. Wayne Slough from Avery Way intentionally started an argument at the woman's house and faked being attacked before trying to use a recording on his phone as evidence. The 33-year-old, who's been described by police as a deceptive domestic abuser, was initially given a suspended sentence, but that's been overturned by the Court of Appeal. A Margate dog owner whose pet tore into a man's leg, causing him to suffer nerve damage, has avoided being sent to prison. Ivan Clegg had to be treated in hospital for three days after being set upon by Kevin Burns' Staffordshire Bull Terrier in Marine Gardens in November 2020. The 43-year-old from Empire Terrace has been given a suspended sentence and banned from owning a dog. The dog will now be under the care of an animal sanctuary and won't be allowed in public without a muzzle. Two drug dealers have been jailed after thousands of vials of steroids and large amounts of cocaine were found at a house in Gravesend. Police raided a property on Vigilant Way after pulling over an uninsured vehicle on Lennox Road in March. Now, there's growing concern in Downing Street that Sue Gray's investigation into lockdown breaking parties at number 10 has uncovered damaging evidence. We're told some of Boris Johnson's inner circle are said to doubt whether the findings will clear him. Meantime, some MPs claim they've been threatened after saying they wanted a vote of no confidence in the PM, and that's left some not wanting to talk about it. Well, our political editor, Paul Francis, has been on KMTV with with Phil to discuss the silence from Kent's MPs. In your time as political editor, have you have you seen anything like this? Could you make any equivalency at all? Well, not really. And in fact, you could look at uh, the old Brexit mm. issue when MPs were falling over themselves to make public their views on the issue and uh, Theresa May's various attempts to push through the, uh, the deal. But yeah, this is unusual, I must say. Why do you think this is? Why do you think that we've seen uh, Kent's MPs seemingly united in this, at simply waiting for the inquiry to come out and, and not say anything before? Well, I think you know, they think they can buy a bit of time, uh, iron out some of the, the potential f uh, fault lines ahead of the publication of that report and you know, get through a bumpy week or so and then back to normal. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. An inquest has concluded a Canterbury teenager's death after she took strong painkillers was a tragic accident. Emily Sett was found unresponsive by friends at a house in the city in November 2020. The 18-year-old, who used to go to Simon Langton Girls Grammar, had been discharged from mental health care services shortly before her death. An investigation found that shouldn't have happened. The government has confirmed a former military site in Thanet is ready to start processing asylum seekers. The Defence Fire Training and Development Centre in Manston has been repurposed to deal with people crossing the channel in small boats. It's thought they'll be held there for up to five days while security and ID checks are completed. The Home Office has previously been criticised for using Napier Barracks in Folkestone as accommodation. 
A Faversham vet is urging other women not to be fobbed off by doctors after being told to lose weight, only to discover her bloated stomach was a cancerous tumour. Hannah Catton was rushed to hospital in Australia where she's working and is now having chemotherapy. The 24-year-old's family haven't been able to travel to see her due to COVID restrictions, but friends back home have been raising money to help while she's unable to work. There's been a big increase in the number of people buying electric vehicles in Kent. Almost 10,000 ultra-low emissions cars were registered in the county between July and September last year, as compared to just 6,000 in the same period of 2020. Aaron Holmes is from eVision Sales in Rochester. Electric vehicles have obviously been on the rise. We've seen a massive increase in 2021, um, purely uh, maybe cost savings, and people are starting to, to realise that this is the future. Ranges have uh, risen, so um, a lot of people, a lot of range anxiety has gone as well. And what are some of the benefits of having an electric vehicle? Uh, first of all, um, costs. So it's much, much cheaper running costs. You forget the days of going to a petrol station and spending £70 on a top-up and you're more spending sort of like five quid overnight to top, top your vehicle up uh, for uh, 200, 300 miles of charge. Um, nicer to drive. So a lot of EV, well, all EVs have regenerative braking. So you don't use the brake as often. You lift your foot off the accelerator and you slow down. Um, so you, you one pedal driving uh, and they're a lot more responsive. So you're not going through the gears and kind of chugging along. You put your foot down and you go. Why might some people be concerned about electric vehicles, you know, in terms of charging their vehicle if they don't have a driveway at home? And what are some of the solutions around that? Yeah, so there's a lot of range anxiety when making the switch from a combustion engine vehicle to an electric vehicle. Um, As of December 2021, uh, there was just below 50,000 public charging connectors in the UK. Um, and over 20,000 of those were rapid chargers, so you could charge anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes. So if you didn't have a driveway, you could go to one of those maybe once a week or twice a week and charge there for 20 minutes, go grab a coffee, do your shopping. Um, there's also apps like CoCharger, where you can rent someone else's charger and driveway Um to, to charge up. Ashford topped the list with the most increase in sales while Folkestone and Hythe ranked the lowest with only 163 new electric car drivers. Part of the A249 is going to be closed again this weekend as work continues on the major revamp of the Stockbury roundabout near Sittingbourne. The northbound carriageway from Rumstead Lane to the roundabout will be closed from 10 tonight until 5 on Monday morning. A diversion will be in place. It's via the M20 to Bluebell Hill and the M2 or A2. And after the Royal Navy announced it would dismantle a sunken warship off the coast of Sheppey this summer, there's been a surge in bookings to go and see it. Specialists will remove the masts of the SS Richard Montgomery, which sank near Sheerness in 1944 and still contains 1,400 tonnes of bombs. With the owner of the ex-pilot boat says since announcing tours around the exclusion zone, he's had to add extra trips because of unprecedented demand. Kent Online Sport. Football and struggling Gillingham travel to promotion chasing Wigan Athletic this weekend. The search for a new Jills boss is still going on, so Steve Lovell will remain in charge of the side. They're way down in the League One relegation places and haven't won a game since mid-October. We've been catching up with Steve ahead of the game and asked for his thoughts on the opposition. Well, I think they'll win the league. 
I really do think they win the league. I think they, they, they're the best team in, in the league. Um, and I think they will. They'll, they'll, you know, the games in hand they've got over Wickham and uh, they will, you know, because their squad is, is very strong. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got to go there and we've got to be positive. Um, you know, no one expects us to, to get a, a result out there apart from the people in the, in, the, in the building and in the dressing room that we've got here. And that's something that, you know, we've tried to instill in them is the confidence that they're, they're a good team. And I think they have taken a lot um, out of that and, and put that on board after last Saturday and the, the two weeks that we've had with them. Um, they've been brilliant. They're really, um, you know, they're buzzing. Uh, they're enjoying uh, the football and the way that we're trying to play. Um, and that's the only way I, I know. You know, it, come Wigan, obviously, they're, they're a side that's... Um, they've signed a couple of decent players again now and, and they're a very good, good squad. And they play a certain way, which we know, and uh, we might have to address that in our formation on Saturday to, to our setup. Um, but I don't want to take away from um, our play when we get the ball, you know, the, the way that we want to play. But certainly there's, um, you know, it might be changes uh, on Saturday and a change in personnel as well as formation just to counter, counter that. But we'll, um, we've worked on that this week on two different um, setups. So everybody understands that, you know, whatever setup we go to, they, they understand what their roles and responsibilities are. Kick-off tomorrow is at three and you'll be able to follow the match action at kentonline.co.uk. We'll also have details of the result in our bulletins on sister radio station KMFM on Sunday morning. And Kent skier Millie Knight has admitted she had no thoughts of winning anything at the World Championships after spending the past year recovering from concussion. The 23-year-old from Canterbury had a fall last February and says hopes ahead of the competition were very, very low. But the visually impaired skier and guide Brett Wilde claimed gold in Norway. She's been catching up with Phil from our colleagues at KMTV. It's unbelievable really. Um, we had a really difficult kind of pre-season. Um, last uh, February I sustained a pretty bad concussion again um, for the fourth time <laughs> um, which which is kind of like the same as what happened the year before the 2018 Winter Paralympics. Um, so going through concussion and rehab and things like that again um was it was a nightmare and uh all hopes were very low <laughs> and uh kind of skiing and, and recovery over the summer was a bit slow it was it was good but we were we were a long long way behind anybody else um so we had a lot of catching up to do the the races before christmas so our first world cup races back this season um some some races were okay and some races <laughs> were really pretty poor um so we kind of went into these world championships with very low expectation. Um, a medal, even a bronze, would have been a miracle. Um, so to come away as as world champions is beyond unbelievable. <laughs> um, a lot of athletes will obviously say that recovering from an injury to go and then win something makes it that little bit sweeter. Does it feel that that's the case for you as well? Yeah, definitely. I think having our expectations so low and realistically so as well, um was it was amazing when we actually did you know produce some some results um and yeah that feeling crossing the line and uh Brett screaming that we'd done it was was just the most incredible feeling ever what's the reaction been have you had a chance to, to show it off are you still abroad are you back in the UK what's what's the reaction been 
Um, so we're still out at the World Champs. We've still got another three events to go. Um, and we then have uh, another four World Cup races after that before we come home in February. Uh, the reaction has been amazing. It really has. My social media has gone crazy. Um, I, I had so much support as well because para skiing isn't the most popular sport and it doesn't have a lot of coverage but for the kind of first time in a long time these races have been streamed live so a lot of my friends family and and sort of loads of people have been actually watching live um so that in itself is pretty special um and yeah the the feedback and and everything like that has been uh, just so cool <laughs> you mentioned that you've still got um some races to come i suppose going into the into the competition you're kind of thinking you say rightly so you, you had low expectations but I suppose now those expectations might have changed slightly no definitely not um yeah we were we were fortunate that like there was a couple of people that weren't at our race so um the competition now is is crazy it's it's uh it's amazing and how far it has come since uh Pyeongchang even so in, tw in 2018 um the female visually impaired field is so so strong um so no keep keeping our feet very much leveled and uh just taking each day as it comes the pair are now preparing for the winter paralympic games in beijing well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram you can also get access to the ad free kent online premium site by subscribing just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe i hope you have a great weekend i'll be back with the podcast on monday news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.